Hello guys, how are you guys doing today? Today we have a special interview. Last interview we talked about finances and interviewing a financial advisor. Today we're diving into the real estate side. Freddie, Freddie has been a family friend of mine since I was born. He's been friends with my dad for 20 years, so this is a very um, exciting moment for the both of us. How are you doing today? Very good, how are you doing? I'm good. So tell them, tell them who you are and tell them what you do. My name is Alfredo Borges. I am the uh, president and CEO of Global One Investment Group. It is a uh, construction slash development and design company that uh, acquires designs and builds real estate in South Florida. That's awesome. So where are you from and um, did you have any type of access to financial literacy or resources like that? Uh, I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. And uh, that's a very good question. Um, I actually had none. Uh, but I did see how my mother struggled at a young age, right. and when I saw how much she struggled, I thought immediately to myself, um, I don't want to go through this, mm -hmm. so I need to figure something out so that I don't repeat this same thing that I am living right now, even though I had a great upbringing and a great yeah. mother, um, but I definitely didn't want to have to fi struggle financially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did you start out with like your first job and getting into real estate? Um, my first job actually happened, um, I must have been about, uh, I would say, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And I always had, as a young, as a young man, probably yeah. a little bit younger than you guys, fascination with real estate. Yeah. And um, it was just something that was, I, I don't know, it's, I want to say it's part of my DNA. And um, at the particular time, um, there was a uh, housing crisis, actually, it was called the savings and loan crisis. And there was an auction that was going on with uh, the federal government and they were trying to get all the assets that were owned across America mm -hmm. and sell them out through like a uh, lottery system which was you know you would bid every single week and whoever the highest bidder was would yeah. grab those real estate assets and I remember at the time there was a, a very old duplex in the Alapata area here in Miami mm -hmm. and uh, that duplex you know prior to the savings and loan crisis was probably worth 150000 Yeah, I bought it for $15,000. <laughs> So that was my first jump into the game. <laughs> it's a steal. That is definitely a steal. Well, so you, we were just talking about off camera about how you feel that financial literacy is important. Why do you, why do you think it's so important? Uh, I could go on for hours and hours <laughs> saying fine. how important it is, uh, but I won't do that because I know you guys have a lot of great questions. But I believe from Main Street to Wall Street, yeah. Um, there's a lot of people who either don't have a lot of education right. or who have a lot of education. But because you don't have a lot of education or you have a lot of education doesn't need, no, mean you know how to have financial literacy. Right. And the reason I say that is because I've had a lot of friends of mine um, in the financial, I mean, in the financial industry, in the real estate industry, and in the music industry make millions and millions of dollars mm -hmm. and uh, basically blow all the money away. And I've had also pro athletes that I've represented throughout the years also blow all their money. So I think it comes down to being grounded. And the key word I'm going to tell people as you're becoming successful, throw the ego in the trash can. Yeah. Don't let your ego get in the way. When you, when you allow your ego to control you, that's when uh, it's worse than crack. Uh, <laughs> the vanity kicks in. You've yeah. got to have the latest Porsche. You've got to have the latest rolls. You've got to have the latest kicks. Yeah. Uh, You've got to have the strongest watch in the game. And, and I believe that all that comes in due time, mm -hmm. but um, most people don't want to wait the process. Yeah, yeah. And the process is sometimes long, 
tedious, but you will get there as right. long as you stay focused. Yeah, I agree. So failure is something that stops people from achieving their goals. And it's the ones that um, that keep on pushing through that failure that end up, yeah, that persevere, end up becoming successful later in life. Like what type of failure, I don't want to say failure, maybe hardships you endured during like the process of becoming who you are today? Ah, that's also a very long <laughs> one, but I'm going to try to make it as short yeah, as I possibly you can. can. You can uh -huh. um, the truth of the matter is, and I'm going to go back to one word that I used there for everybody. If you stay persistent and yeah. focused, you will always overcome any obstacle, no matter how strong it is. Right. You can literally go broke today, and at least for me, I can tell you this. I can go broke today, and I'll be a millionaire again in no yeah. time. The reason is because you can't take the knowledge yeah. that I've acquired for over 25 years doing what mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. And I know I've done it successfully well, so therefore, could things be off for me because I might make might make bad financial decisions in a real estate transaction and that reverse course on me and go backwards, absolutely it can happen. Right. And I'll give you a great example today. I was reading the Wall Street Journal. So I was drinking coffee this morning and there's a guy in Los Angeles which was, was a very successful uh, real estate developer called Niall Naim. You guys can Google him when you have the opportunity. He was in the film industry, made a lot of money. He shifted and he started basically, you know, um, buying and flipping, you know, homes in the LA area, and he went from small to obviously building the largest home in America, which was supposed to sell for five hundred million dollars. He lost every single penny he made and lost a five hundred million dollar house. So along the way, he kept doubling down and doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. And when he got to his biggest hit of what would have been the biggest hit of his life, he did not calculate financial risk. And when you don't calculate financial risk, yeah. these things could occur. All right. So um, how successful have you been in real estate so far? Like how big is your uh, portfolio and what do you look for in terms of investing? Like the value of a property, what gives it value? Um, I've probably have developed several hundred million dollars the last 20 years of real estate development and created, I don't know, over $500 million in real estate value. Um, I think the criteria I look for is very simple. I stick to what I know. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to be all over the place. Yeah. I've stuck to two great things, which is quality affordable rentals, which is, I don't have to tell you, the largest deficit of rental housing in America is quality affordable rentals. So I stick to that and it's worked for me for 25 years. So like you said, you've been persistent with what you've been doing? 100%. Right. So someone that is trying to get into real estate and may not have like much capital, what would you say to them or what advice would you give to them if they're trying to get into the real estate game? That's a good, another great question. I think the capital is not the difficult part to find. Okay. I think what's difficult to find is do you bring value to the game? So if you're in real estate, and you have the right deal, the money will follow it. Mm -hmm. Got to show your worth. 100%. Okay. Um, so a lot, there's a lot of um, people that think it's super easy just to get into it, meaning like they get their license and they just dive right in and then they end up putting real estate agent <laughs> in their bio or real, something involved with real estate. How important is it to avoid that stuff, correct, and... Basically, like you never stop learning. You know, like me applying all the stuff that 
you learn from your mentors? Because I'm sure I'm sure you've had some mentors. Absolutely. Um, how important is our, is like mentorship in this industry? I think mentorship across the board is very mm -hmm. important. Right. Your surroundings are your business life. It's mm -hmm. Your connections, right? Hundred percent. So you know, at the end of the day, who you surround yourself with is more than likely, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to use real life scenarios for me. I've probably made and have made a lot of great real estate investment deals while I've been on vacation than when I've been here working. Why? Because I've been able to meet yeah. the right people. And one was my latest was I was at the one and only in the Bahamas. Mm. And when I was at the one and only, you know, I'm having some casual drinks in the pool and I meet another guy and, you know, we introduce to each other and he tells me, you know, he's in construction and, and by coincidence in Miami and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in construction also. I'm in Miami and we basically hit it off. Make a long story short, I was just reading an email prior to coming to this interview with you guys and uh, we're looking to build the largest home that has ever existed in the history of Miami and Ball Harbor. We're right now in the lead run to be able to build this home. How many this square feet of, is it? Uh, it's going to probably be over 50,000 square feet oh and <laughs> a $60 million budget to build a home. Oh my. Wow. That's impressive. So what's the process of building a home? Well, the process is, even though people like to complicate it, I'm going to make it very simple mm -hmm. for you guys. Awesome. First thing is you got to pick the right side. If Let's say you want to build a great single family home on the spec side. Yeah. And what I mean by speculation, which basically means you're going to acquire something mm -hmm. because you believe that you're going to buy it for X, you're going to put Y into it, and you're going to sell it for Z. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll use Miami Beach as an example. Um, you know, waterfront is waterfront. You yeah. know, this is Miami. Everybody yeah. wants a sexy house. Mm -hmm. And they want it to be on the water. So I identify uh, crucial areas that I know. And I'll use one like North Bay Road. We're building five yeah. spec homes on North Bay Road right now in Miami Beach. We find the right location. We do our numbers. on. We go backwards. Yeah. What is the house going to be worth before we even buy the dirt mm -hmm. or the knockdown? So with that, we know how much we're able to acquire by the uh, land, excuse me, how much we're going to be able to spend on soft costs, which is basically the architects, the permitting mm -hmm. fees, so on and so forth, how much we're going to be able to spend on hard costs, which is basically all the construction uh, that's going to go into the house. It'd be $1 million or $2 million or $3 million, and we'll use the example. We bought the lot for $1 million. We spend five hundred thousand on architects and you know permitting yeah. fees, and we spend another million dollars building the house. We're all in for two and a half million, and we're speculating that we're going to sell it for four, so we can make a one and a half million dollar mm -hmm. profit. So you'd say planning out is a big important part of the process. Number one, and business in general, planning out is necessary. Number one, without no planification, there is no way to get yeah. to the end. You yeah, can't get to the finish line without planning. Yeah, one of my um, mentors at the gym I work at, Anatomy, his name is Mark Magna, and He's always he always posts like inspirational quotes on the story, but he also he's been since I've been working there, he's been somebody that um, has always told me important things. I remember one of the things he told me was, I believe it goes, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Correct. Uh, yeah. So I think it's very important. Planning is everything, and that comes back to basically some critical points in financial literacy, like. Me and Max on Wednesday, today's mm -hmm. Friday, but on Wednesday, me and Max talked about budgeting and how yeah. it's so important about budgeting because that's something that you have to be perfect on because 
anything off can lead to um, if you don't know where you're spending your money and how much money you have, you're going to go so broke. I'll use an example, which I'm living right now. I have a friend of mine that acquired a site in Coconut Grove, mm -hmm. um, designed to build a beautiful condominium project. Um, I'm trying to get involved now to see how I bail him out of it, but the, pro the project's about to go bankrupt, and they're probably... The best time to be able to sell a condominium or home in South Florida is right now. Mm -hmm. His entire project is sold out and he can't get it completed because he did not budget mm. the construction properly. So yes, budgeting is very, very important. Mm -hmm. And having contingencies in place mm. is also it's just as important because some people believe, oh, I can get this done for X. Well, what happens when something comes along the way and you didn't plan to go for Y? People will take advantage of you because what happens is when you go to get that secondary money, mm -hmm. people will realize that you didn't budget it correctly. So therefore now they don't trust you as much. It's not that you did anything correctly, but in their opinion was if you would have budgeted correctly, you wouldn't be coming back to me for money. And there's a saying in our profession, come to me once for money because if you come twice, I won't give it to you. <laughs> so so yeah. overestimate, don't underestimate. Mm. So we live in Miami. It's now known as one of the most expensive places to live. What do you think has um, contributed to the rise in real estate here? And do you think it's going to settle down or just keep going up? Um, I believe that, like all great, you know, hot cities in the world, I think it's Miami's turn. You know, mm -hmm. New York's been a hot city forever. Yeah. California's been in another incredible city. Um, Dallas is another incredible city. Um, I think Miami has its turn, and yeah. Miami, truthfully, when you compare them to all those other cities, was probably undervalued yeah. when it comes to that. Um, and then what happens is you had a cocktail of the pandemic, mm -hmm. and the pandemic with a lot of you know very wealthy uh, buyers from New York City and from California. Mm -hmm. And when you have more demand than you have supply, I don't have to tell you what that means. They're prices yeah, yeah. higher than houses what they might sell before they even go on the market. 100%. People are doing bidding wars on all correct. the properties. That's correct. So you're very prominent here in Miami. Is there any other places where you've built real estate out of Florida, out of the United States? Have you ever, have you expanded outside of here? Um, no, I haven't. And uh, the truth of the matter is I really have never had the need. I think I have enough in my own backyard okay. to be able to keep me comfortable and keep me focused, right. which is key. Sometimes, you know, um, even the big national companies, mm. Uh, when they start to get too big, um, they might not say it, but the truth of the matter is when you don't have real proper boots in the ground, those types of things will occur. Mm -hmm. And um, another live example I'm living is I'm doing a project in North Miami Beach. We're doing a gated community of apartment rentals and the property next door, the uh, developers from Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, we've you know, been back and forth, you know, chit-chatting. And um, so I said, you know, how much are you paying to, you know, upkeep the lawn while it's not there? I think he was telling me like $3,000 a month. He was just getting robbed. So when you don't have boots in the ground and you don't know what things cost, those are the types of things that lead into a project maybe not being as successful as it should have been because something as simple as just cutting the lawn before you break ground, you're over budget. That makes a lot of sense. I'm just trying to visualize it in my head. So let's, tie, let's go back to financial literacy. Um, you've had to pay taxes, right? A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Who taught you the right way to pay your taxes? Because we had the That's previous right. guy, 
he got a mortgage one day and he had no idea what a mortgage was when he was younger because nobody he ever just learned him. everything on the spot as life came to him. So how did you learn about like the importance of taxes and all that? I think one of the most important things you need to know in life is if you owe money, how much you owe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you wanna... I know it. I know it sounds simple, but let's let's think about that for a minute. Yeah. If, if a... you know you're gonna owe somebody money, don't you want to know up front how much I'm gonna owe you? Yeah. Yeah. So I immediately picked up on that as a young man and said to myself, "I'm gonna be making money, so therefore, how much of my money do I gotta give?" To Uncle Sam, so that I can stay out of trouble. Yeah, that's the bottom line, and I did that at an early age. And I think that part of of that is, if you're getting into business, you just don't get into business to get into business. Yeah. Which is again why, and there's a lot of great stories about that. I was just reading a great story about a guy in the tequila business. Um, I think it's a Casa Gav or something. You know that beautiful bottle yeah, that comes with a Casa Azul. Casa Azul. With the beautiful colors. Why do you know that? Uh-huh. Well, you do know what that means, right? Uh, so he, he, right out of college, he um, created a tequila. Right. And the tequila just went belly up and he went bankrupt. He said, you know what? I'm going to go back to school. And he took a marketing degree when he went back to school. And he came back out. And he says, I'm going to do completely different than what I did before in the tequila business. Now I'm not mm-hmm. going to do a cheap tequila. I'm going to do a really expensive tequila. It's going to be <laughs> great. And I'm going to be in a class of my own. Uh-huh. Make a long story short, he was able to do it. Right. So sometimes, like you said from the beginning of the conversation, failure sometimes leads to bigger things. Right. So, so, so I think financial literacy is going to have to happen sometimes if you become uh, – to a point in your life where you do not pay attention mm-hmm. and you made all this great money, but all of a sudden you're broke, you're going to be like, how the hell did this just happen to me? Right. You know, and you're going to be like, this can't happen to me again. So you're going to learn. And then the ones who's never gotten there should understand one key component, which is you got to slow down and you can't spend more than what you make. Mm-hmm. If you start spending more money than what you make, you're never going to attain those financial goals of where you want to be at in life. Mm-hmm. So at the point you are now, you have, might have a lot more money than you did when you were 20 years old to invest. What are some of like, the things that you invested in, whether it's a watch or a, um, a rental property that, you, that you've seen the most return on? Another great question. Um, definitely by far, I have invested and I've had, you know, everything hasn't been an uphill uh, thing for me. And yes, I did what all young people do. I Mm -hmm. wanted a nice car. I wanted a nice clothes. I wanted a nice watch. Um, That did create some obstacles for me along the way because I lost focus. Mm -hmm. And when you lose focus, you start hitting uh, speed bumps faster than you should. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that along the way, I said to myself, hold on a second. Do I need three watches? Or can I (laughs) just go with one? Or do I need 10? Right. So it's that obsessive compulsive because when we have an obsessive compulsive disorder, it controls it, you. It controls you. Yeah. So it could be, you know, I'm obsessive compulsive in real estate, but that doesn't mean I don't have a weakness for vehicles. Doesn't mean I don't have a, a yeah. weakness for fashion. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I don't. Have, I do. But now as I've gotten older, I've been able to control it more because it's become secondary. Mm-hmm. And when that becomes secondary, my primary focus is in what I do for a living, mm-hmm. and I'm now. Triply obsessed with what I do because I have seen that by taming 
my obsessive compulsive voter where I thought I'm going to put everything in balance. Yeah. Got to have the right cars, the right homes. Yeah. Uh, everything's got to be. I realized that 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 perfect balance really doesn't exist yeah. when you're zeroed in into the real estate game. Mm. So since you've been in the real estate game, do you think there was like one single event or investment or person you met that could have catalyst you to be as successful as you are now? Or do you think it was gradually over time you built yourself up? I think over time I have built myself up by seeing other great leaders in my industry. And, and it's like a great architect. A great architect can go to school, but all great architects, I say, mimic another one. So you might see a great design in something you see and you're like, you know what? That looks really cool. But if I do this, this, and this, I think I can make it a better design. And if you make a better design, what does that mean? You can make more money. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it, what, I, what I have realized throughout my career is that I always keep my eye on the ball on other great real estate developers just like me. What are they doing and what can I do to do what I'm doing better? Mm -hmm. When you start to believe that what you do is better than anybody is when you start to, you start, you start to fall backwards because you believe that you no longer need to be educated. And you don't and, learn. And you don't learn. And when you don't learn, you're, you're preparing your first cocktail for a disaster. Yeah. And I think that when people ask me, when, when should you stop learning the day you die? Yeah. Never. You never yeah. stop learning. What's one of the things you've learned recently? Recently, I think what I've learned is um, how quickly the landscaping changed, even though I've gone through several cycles, how quickly we went from pandemic. Right. Everything went through the sky. Everything, Freddie's a multimillionaire. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you got the Fed rate on Wednesday, raised 75 basis points. And all of a sudden, now we're going into recession. You're like, <laughs> yeah. 24 months have just gone by. So you've got to keep your eye on the ball. Because yeah. one day you're rich, one day you're broke. Right. And you got to be able to understand that and be able to weather those uh, thunderstorms. So I think what I want to end on this final question. How old were you when you made your first million dollars? Great question. <laughs> I think I must have been uh, 20, I think I was around 24 years old. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. That's like, what, seven years from now? We got time? <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. It's, just all, it's all going to depend on Maybe knowing exactly what you want to do, right. creating that path for where you guys want to go, mm -hmm. Staying, not 100%, 110% focused yeah. in the direction. Don't deviate from it. Yeah. And if there's one thing I can say on an ending note for you guys, there's going to be plenty of time for you guys to really party hard as right. you guys get older. Mm -hmm. And you know how those sometimes they say, uh, those are the nerds that you see today and are the billionaires of tomorrow? Yeah. It's a real true saying. Living in Miami, this is the most tempting. Absolutely. It, it is. It is. And I only say it is. Don't. You know, I always say, don't go overboard with anybody. Go overboard on focus. Uh -huh. But everything else, you know, take it one day at a time. Live life. Enjoy life. Life is short. Um, and before you know it, today you guys are, you know, less than 20 years old. And I hope to be able to see you guys again in the next 15 or 20 years. And you guys are like, you're right. 20 years of our life went by. We got a couple kids. We're married. And I'm 40. And yeah. you're in the hedge fund world. And you're out there doing all the great things you love to do. And yeah. That's what I expect to see from you guys. I love you. Thank you so much. It was much. a great time to spend time with you guys. Nice speaking with you. I look forward to doing it again sometime yeah. soon. All right, guys. This is a wrap-up on our first ever interview with somebody in the real estate business. I want to thank you guys for watching and thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye.